Welcome to Wrestling Now. I'm your host. I'm Lloyd. We have a few topics today. I'm here to talk about the Rock and Rager this week. Uh, a little bit of that, a little bit of NXT. Um, I'm just going to brief right through some of the matches in question, like uh, tag team match that started off the show. This is the second annual Rock and Rager, Chris Jericho's Rock and Rager. Uh, this is the first time it's aired on TV this uh, this Wednesday. It was aired. It was amazing. I can't. Uh, hopefully next year I can be able to go. Uh, the first match in question is the Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus SCU, the Tag Team Champions. Okay, uh, great match. I love the chemistry. I love what's going on between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. At this point, they're going to implode. I I'm keep saying it every week. They're going to implode. They're the Tag Team Champions. They won their titles, but the young he just. I think he has something against the Young Bucks. I don't know what it is. They, he can't give them a dap, can't give them a handshake or a hug or any type of affection. Just starts partying with the crowd right away. Grabs a beer and just heads right on into the crowd. I love it. This is wrestling. This is wrestling. This is some old school wrestling shit that we never get a chance to see. WWE doesn't do this. You don't see. You don't see a wrestler. Grab a beer from a fan and keep drinking and walk into the crowd while he's drinking, hanging out, shooting the shit with the fans. I've never seen that before. Next next match was Britt Baker versus Priscilla Kelly. She's the new uh she's a new signee for AEW. She's a, another indie star who I'm kind of familiar with. Uh this match was made just for Britt Baker to turn heel on, which was great. She won. It was. A, it wasn't a very long match. She turned heel on the crowd on Tony Schiavone at the end of the match, and uh, it didn't go very well. I I don't believe it went very well because Jr. just kind of cut her off and went to commercial. I guess what she's saying, what she was saying, wasn't as wasn't good enough for for Jr. or for TV. I don't know. She was talking about she was talking about how beautiful she is and and how she's the hottest chick on the boat. I I think she kind of went off topic a little bit. Like she should have started cutting promos about uh about uh you know about the about the women's champion or how she's the best most talented wrestler on the roster. She started started going on how hot she was. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't. She, they kind of lost me there. I mean, it was a great. She had. I mean, she always puts up a good match, but she just she just lost me. Oh man! And then uh, she also went on. I I think this is another reason why she went on about Tony Schiavone in the ring because he brought up he brought up how you know she hasn't won a title yet, but she's one of the most talented uh, wrestlers on the roster. And then she started bringing up how AEW's his meal ticket, saying that he worked at Starbucks. And and uh, he should be very lucky that he's working for AEW right now. I actually found that kind of funny. I mean, I guess I guess the uh, I guess management didn't find that as as funny because they cut her off right after that. So, oh man, that is but, funny. Uh, 
Next, we had a six-man tag. Uh, we had Jurassic Express versus basically uh, uh, basically uh, the inner circle. Um, specifically, PMP, Proud and Powerful, and Chris Jericho, La Champion. La Champion. Exactly. Exactly. And um, Santana Ortiz, uh, they're always funny. I never, I, I always never get enough of those two. With their antics in and outside of the ring. They keep the crowd involved in the match. They're one of the few tag teams that do that. Them, the Young Bucks, SCU. It's very rare to find tag teams. I'll just, you know, you know, hype the crowd up like that. Uh, it was just, Mar- I, I have to comment on Marco Stun again. Marco Stun is one of my favorites on this show. Oh, man. I could just never get enough of Marco Stunt. He is awesome. He did, like, he did, like, this 450 off the top rope and, and uh, tried to pin Jericho. And it was such a, such a near fall. And then Jericho got out of it and then basically hit him with the Judas effect. That stupid, that stupid elbow finisher that he that he's been doing i think he's been doing it to make fun of the wwe and it's an ongoing thing for me uh, that's my theory on that because sometimes they have some really stupid moves in the wwe but <laughs> i guess jericho just wanted to make it even uh, just uh any up the par one more then we also had uh joey janela and versus maxwell jacob freeman mjf that's a unique match I mean, he came out, I mean, MJF came out without Warlow. So you already know Warlow's training for his match against Cody. That's coming up next Wednesday, which I can't wait to do my podcast on because that's going to be a big week for matches. I guess, the, so, you know, he didn't, I guess he doesn't really need Warlow, which is what he... This is just a continuation of my first podcast, uh, excuse me, of my fifth episode. I wanted to continue on. Hi, I'm Lloyd. I wanted to continue on with this episode and make it a part two, uh, part uh, part two of two. The first one was part one. I, I was getting it. I was talking about Joey Janela versus Maxwell Jacob Freeman. It was a really great match. He came out without Wardlow, like I was saying. Wardlow's apparently training for his match with Cody. Um, so he didn't need the heavy, especially against Joey Janela, he, he felt. Uh, he What a great douchebag he, he is. Oh, my God. I mean, he made the ring announcer, Justin Roberts, kiss his ring. I mean, this is how much MJF is really into himself. MJF won the match, of course, with the double cross. He's using Cody's move, and they're just, you know, changing the name of it. I liked it. I love this. Love how he's, how he's uh, using his he's using his finisher, and he's staying consistent with it too. I mean, the reason why he had to he used the finisher on top of it is because yeah, yeah. I mean, Joey Janela was going on a really great move set. Looked like he was about to win the match, but then. Super bad Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian came out, distract him kissing on the stage, which 
led to his demise in the ring. So that was just, man, kudos. Kudos to MJF, Kip Sabian, and super bad Penelope Ford. That's going to be a match where, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's not much of a main event, but I, I, I'm going to be, I got to be somewhat invested in this match. I mean, George Janela is a decent wrestler. He's getting a lot of flack because he did, he's never trained to wrestle. He just kind of like started wrestling. So, but you know what? I, I, I give him a lot of heart for what he's doing. Then he calls out Cody. Uh, then MJF calls out Cody, and Cody reminds uh, and he reminds him that he that he. Uh, then Cody comes out, reminds Cody that he can't touch him. Continues to taunt Cody until Cody just finally picks up the mic because you know MJF was kicking it around, asking him to pick it up, but then he just kept kicking it around and because uh, he wanted to test Cody and see if he was gonna touch him, which he didn't. Then Cody just uh, picked up the mic and said, "Yeah, you're right. I can't." I can't touch you. Then pointed behind them and said, "But well, those guys can. And next thing you know, the Young Bucks come out and give him a nice super kick. Good way to end that. Then you have Moxley. Moxley versus Pac for the number one contendership. Of course, great match all the way through. I mean, uh, Pac hitting that black arrow, missed it a few times. And then, um, of course... Mox John Moxley ended up wearing with the paradigm shift a real sick one at that. It was like an impale DDT, like his le- It was like a nail hitting the board when when he dropped that DDT on him. It was nice. Then of course the show ends with Jericho coming out and they were having a stare down, and that was a really really good show. I couldn't I couldn't emphasize any more on it. I mean it was a rock and rager, and it was such a great such a great match. And it was uh, so good to be able to see that Rock and Rager. In, I mean, it wasn't live because it was taped the day before, but still, it was good to get insight on it. Because the last last year's Rock and Rager, I only got a chance to see a few clips of it, and that was pretty much it. Here, I got a chance. We I got we all actually got a chance to watch the whole show. It made me cry. I mean, the the highs were the tag team matches, and, and of course, the singles matches. MJ. Uh, I mean, well, basically after MJF's MJF, uh, match, it was it got better because I mean, him and George Joy Jones wasn't really much of a match. It wasn't really it was kind of lackluster. But the end of the match is where it all turned up. Jurassic Express, the six man tag was great. The tag team championships were great. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega ended up winning and then becoming the new tag team champions. So that was good. That was a, a you know something different. So the lows are, of course, the women's division. You know, they still got still have to work on the women's division more and more. Dark order cutting, still cutting promos. We still don't know who the who the evil leader is of um, for the dark order. Hopefully, he'll reveal reveal himself within the next few weeks, and that'll be really awesome. Now for NXT. Yeah, real Ripley. He came out. No, excuse me. Yeah, the Undisputed Era versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. That was a great match. Of course, Undisputed Era wins. Fish and O'Reilly. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the Grizzled Young Veterans. That's right. 
they ended up winning because of the distraction from Imperium. Because the week, uh, I think it was the week before, yeah, Imperium, they're, they were uh, having a match and Undisputed Era invaded the UK, which was pretty freaking awesome. Took down Imperium and they ended up posing at the end of the show. So Imperium wanted to return the favor last night. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, made Undisputed Era loser, loser Dusty Rhodes classic match to the grizzled young veteran. So that was really cool. Then he had Tony Storm versus Io Shirai. Money, money, money. This is like a pay-per-view match. I hate when they do matches like this on TV. Because so, they're trying to compete with AEW. This is my, This is my point. This is matches you should be paying for. We're getting these matches basically for free. I love this. Great match. Oh, my God. I mean, the match ended in the DQ. So, Bianca Biller came in and interrupted the match and started attacking Tony Storm. She didn't want her to get nowhere near a number one contendership. Then Rio Ripley came out just to help. And, and all the women were joining. We're all going at it. Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, uh, Io Shirai, they're all going at it with Tony Storm standing tall in the ring, holding the title over her over her head, and the crowd was was not feeling it. For some, <laughs> everybody loves Rhea Ripley. I mean, right now she's the fan favorite. I mean, Tony Storm was when Tony Storm was out at the time, but then when Rhea Ripley came, she <laughs> let me tell you, definite definite riptide because she just just went. She just shined right over Tony Storm. I mean. Don't get me wrong, they're both hot as hell, but but Rhea Ripley has got the fan favorite. She's the fan favorite. And then you have Finn Balor, who's in a squash match. So that was like, whatever. That was like the weirdest match of the show. Um, nothing much to say about Finn Balor. He won his match. He's trying to, I think he's going to end up going against uh, uh, the Blackheart really soon in a one-on-one match for a number one contendership. So let's see what happens there. Jaina Baszler versus Shotzi Blackheart. It's kind of what I expected. Shotzi had she had momentum in the first half of the match, which is rightfully so. You know, she's a really talented wrestler. My whole thing was her mistake was going to the WWE. I'm sorry. I just don't like when great talent like that goes to the WWE because they end up they end up having this result every time they because they're number one. She just started, so of course she's not gonna win matches right away. They're gonna develop her, which means that she's gonna lose matches to big people throughout uh, throughout some time until I believe those people are gone, and then her time will come. I think that's pretty much how the WWE does things. Either you get developed and you make it, or you get developed and you don't make it. So. We'll see what happens with Shotzi Blackheart in this. Oh. Love the great love the green hair, by the way. Then they had the Bruiserweights, Riddle, MP Dunn going against Imperium, Fabian and I uh Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Love that name. Uh, with Walter and Alexander Wolf outside the ring, of course. Oh man. It's that was just a hard hitting. It it seemed like a big Euro match because all Europeans do is just hard hitting matches, especially the British. When you hear English, when you see English wrestling, British wrestling, this guy's just, I mean, it's 
that's what they're known for. British strong style, which is all that knees to the face and and big elbow uh, and big uh, European uppercuts and and like and and elbows to the face. I mean, it's just a hard hitting, hard hitting match, left and right, left and right, to the point where the bruiserweights win, the broserweights, excuse me, win with like this like this like tag team move they did in the end where. Riddle had him over his shoulder, looked like he was about. To, uh, I'm sorry, where Pete Dunn had him over, uh, had either over his shoulder, looked like they were about. To, he was about to do a needed face, and then him and uh, Matt Riddle, boom, hit a double knee to the face. That there's no way anyone's getting up from that. And then the match in question, the one, the match that everyone's been waiting on, the world title match, the NXT title match. Keith, I mean, I'm sorry, the North American Championship match. Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong for the North American Championship. I really thought Keith Lee was going to lose this match. Because in the past, he had no, I mean, he's always had the momentum, but just, they just never, they've always cut him off before he even had a chance to gain more momentum. Tonight... They let him. They unleashed him. They took the leash off. They took the. They took the leash off of him and let him go, which is the way they should have because he's an unstoppable force. When a guy like that is angry, he should be like freaking Kane or Big Show, where he kept, he's not even barely, he's barely phased by four guys like that. Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new North American champion, and his name is Keith Lee. Bask in his glory. Bask in his glory. I love it. It's about time somebody other than the Undisputed Era gets some titles. Yeah, I mean, the prophecy was fun and everything, but I think it's time now to, time to get serious about this. Give some people some more, give other people some opportunities in winning titles. So this is this should be huge for him now. Because during the Survivor Series, he had pretty much all the momentum. He had like all the fame at that point and then he just he didn't have a title he's a he's a kind of guy who needs a title not everybody needs a title because they could just they could just be more popular than a champion in any ways but he's popular but now he's more popular than anyone on there now him now he's gonna be holding on to that title for a while that's what i'm hoping hope hope he has a nice successful title reign and i hope it lasts more than just one weekend Oh man, Imperium came at the end of the show to uh, end uh, to uh, in, uh, to add insult to injury since uh, Roderick Strong lost his title. They came out there to attack the Undisputed Era, make them look small, and then they ended up standing tall on their show. So they did the same thing that the Undisputed 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 Era did on their show in the UK. They did it in America. They they beat down the four man team. Stand tall, right there, on, right in front of him, while the show ended. It was, it was actually pretty glorious to watch that happen. I love Imperium; they're one of my favorite groups. And then when you have this world collide thing that's gonna happen, you're gonna have world. You're gonna have Imperium versus the Undisputed Era. They're gonna have uh, faction versus faction. Who's the most dominant faction in the NXT? Now that's where it should this is where we should be right now as far as like ratings for uh, between NXT and AEW. We should be seeing matches like that every week. 
the UK should be feuding against the regular against regular NXT anyway. They have so much on the roster. They have so much talent, and you don't. We barely even touch the scratch the surface on any of those guys in the UK. I like Zach Gibson and Jack and um, and James Drake, uh, the Grizzly of Vinegar. Those guys, the veterans. Those guys were great. They were. They they were the tag team champions for a long time in the UK, and I like those titles better than the than the NXT American titles, so much better. They look so much more prestigious. It look like the old school titles that WWE will hold on to. Ah, what do we do about that? But that is just they need, they need they need new titles in NXT America. A new NXT title, a new. New tag team titles because the UK man they spent good money on those titles in the UK, the, the women's the men's title they all look way better than the NXT American title uh, a men's title or the well the the North American would be the nicest looking title out of all of them I'm sorry that's the only championship that I feel like it should be the actual NXT championship because it looks hot as hell shit I'll be fucking, I'll be rocking that any time. Well, that's it, everybody. That's uh, that was my brief little uh insight on AEW, uh, the Rock and Rager Cruise, which was freaking amazing. I don't care what people say; they were knocking the show just because the show went on a little long. The women's matches kind of like you know weren't as exciting as the men's, or the feud, the women's feuds weren't exciting as the men's, even though we really didn't. We only had like one match. They need, they, well, and plus, you know, plus, we still have to wait for AEW Dark next week. So I can't wait for that. I can't wait to talk about that and see what the last two, last two or three matches were on the end of that show. So I can gladly talk to, talk about it and share that with you all. All right, then. Well, everybody, everyone have a great night. God bless. And um, most likely, I should be on either Friday night Saturday to talk about Friday Night Smackdown. If not, which well, most likely I may not, but you know who knows. You know, we still have we we still have tomorrow. We still have another day to figure it out. I will let you all know beforehand. Have a great evening.